I'm Andy Klein. Who hey, else? Steel. Yep. Fucking freeloaders. Three guys on Thursday. Fucking freeloaders. Freeloader day. God. How you guys feeling? Hope you're good. Hope you enjoyed Monday's podcast. Those of you who came back in, welcome yeah. freeloaders. Patrons. You, I don't want to be a payer for sure. <laughs> What's happening with you? Uh, you know what we didn't do on Mondays? We didn't read the comments from the previous week's podcast that were made on Patreon. Normally we do that when we oh. if we don't read emails. I didn't even know there were any comments. Were there no, comments? one or two? Uh, it was about Dominic and his. Oh um, shit! You go ahead and read them. Craziness. This I gotta hear. It was from the Monday episode, so the freeloaders wouldn't have heard. So this is the time you like got hit in a Waffle House or something? Oh no, no, he didn't get. That, that, oh that, well, that was the Thursday episode. Uh, where he basically, it was Golden Corral. But, okay, yeah. even worse. Uh, Edward said, talking about controlling the weather sounds like the 80s G.I. Joe series, Destro and Cobra Commander with the weather dominator. <laughs> See, they was trying <laughs> was, to let the children know, though, funny. through subversive cartoons. Hashtag step your tep up. There you go. Step up your tep, baby. And then Derek Harris said, Jew Cobra. <laughs> and then Dominic replied with a laughing emoji for Duke, Jew Cobra. The reason Dominic was able to reply is because Dominic... Is a patron. Dominic is a patron. I see. That's right. He actually pays to listen to the podcast. To listen to himself. That's yeah, well, that's the thing. When he's on, it's like he already heard that episode. Ugh. So he doesn't even get all the episodes that he pays for. Oh, Jesus. Uh, we do have some emails, too. But those came in the traditional way. Well, let's hear those. The uh, the Gmail way. We got some tweets, too. People enjoyed Dominic's Golden Corral. They did enjoy Golden Corral. Yes. I think we're just scratching the surface on Dominic's... Uh, Crazy past. This first email is from Nikki, who says, well, first of all, the email is titled, I am not a freeloader. I am about that Patreon life. So there you go. Listen to that, freeloaders. Uh, the email says, what was <laughs> up, my ninjas <clears throat> and white Andy? Puerto Rican Gold <laughs> River. This is the, the Dominic talked about this uh, conspiracy theory he heard about how there's rivers of gold under Puerto Rico. So Nikki says, I dated a Puerto Rican back in high school, and his dad always talked about the gold rivers in Puerto Rico. 
and his dad always talked about how he actually invented Windex, but somehow st- someone stole his recipe and patented it before he did. His family actually believed he invented Windex, and they all refused to use it, so they only used that Fabuloso brand stuff to clean their house. <laughs> Can't you use just white vinegar to clean your windows? Oh, you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I worked at Popeye's, they used vinegar. Probably vinegar in a, spray, in a spray can? Yeah, in a little spray, spray bottle. bottle. Uh, Nikki says, in response to men not being able to cry, I'm not sure if you heard about how Nicki Minaj's ex-boyfriend, uh, Safari Samuels, was dragged on social media for crying yeah. on a radio interview. Yep. He was robbed at gunpoint right before he went to, uh, oh, right before he went to record the radio interview. His uncle died a couple months ago because he was robbed on the street. So, of course, being robbed is traumatic, and since his uncle died that same way recently, he was probably still healing from that. Rapper T.I. made fun of him for crying. Of course he did. Really? I think it's a shame that men are not allowed to cry and are called bitches. Jay-Z even talked about not being able to cry with David Letterman. Dominic is hashtag trash. Well, (laughs) trash in his youth. Poor Charlene, LOL. P.S. Where is English Bay? And when is his Seinfeld? England. <laughs> He's in England. When is his Seinfeld podcast coming out? I am waiting to watch Seinfeld because of this podcast. LOL. We'll start with that first. The Seinfeld podcast is out. Um, it's called "What's the Deal with Seinfeld?" WTDWS podcast. You can find him on Instagram. He'll post and on Twitter too from that that. Um, that handle, whatever, I'll find the handle, the actual handle. But he's been putting, he's probably like 40 episodes in because he, he records an episode with every Seinfeld episode. He recorded a podcast episode. So you actually uh, got some catching up to do, got some binge watching to do. Um, it's called What's the Deal with Seinfeld? I don't know if it's on Libsyn or Podbean. I don't remember exactly. We'll try to find it real quick. The uh, There it is, WTD. DWS podcast on Twitter. That's at WTDWS podcast. And the most recent post was episode 48, The Opera. He sat down with Adam Friedland. The episode before that, he sat down with Mike Racine, Stavros. Every episode he had a comic on discussing it with him. In my episodes, we sort of got off topic. We didn't even stay on topic of Seinfeld, but whatever. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That's that. So those episodes are up. Uh, he's got the link to it on the um, it's on iTunes it's got the link to it on the on the uh, Twitter feed so okay T.I. making fun of a guy for crying now I don't know much about that story I don't know what T.I. did anyone hear that story like <laughs> no I didn't no but I'm not surprised I'm a little surprised just because I remember him riding for that dude the little kid that got bullied the white kid or whatever said he was and then oh, it, was, guy and then the it came out yeah. that he fucking lied or whatever yeah, and yeah. then afterward T.I. said I don't care I'm still riding for youngin or whatever right so I was like I thought he took like a pretty anti-bully stance to the degree where he wouldn't get on someone for crying after getting robbed at gunpoint yeah it's fucking robbed at gunpoint yeah, I mean that's. I've and I'm never... saying this is a pro bullying guy, <laughs> <laughs> but not God boy Jesus. Music Peter Steele. Peter Steele's on. Did not reflect yeah. the three guys on podcast. I mean, my basic thing is I want there to, you know, I don't need to repeal the Second Amendment, but they need to have enough gun control so I can still be pro bully. Right, <laughs> right. That you just want that that thread that needle basically. That's my nuanced view. Uh, here's an article from Vibe.com. T.I. was less than sympathetic to learn Safari was robbed at gunpoint. 
If Safari Samuels was hoping T.I. would offer a shoulder to lean on or kind words following being held at gunpoint during a robbery early this week, Samuels better think again. On Tuesday, April 3rd, the rapper and VH1 reality star revealed that he wasn't harmed during the ordeal, but the experience left him traumatized. This was a while ago. Yeah. He's a VH1. Two dudes with two guns just ran up on me, Samuel said, while speaking to Power 105.1's Angie Martinez. Well, this was on April 3rd. Uh, April 3rd of what year? This year. Really? Yeah. This article was one week ago. Hmm. Um, they had me face down on the floor with a gun to my head. They took everything. T.I., however, could care less about that Samuels lost $183,000 in cash and jewelry. Holy shit. And offered no sympathy at all when he took to social media. Quote, cold world. The us or else rapper <clears throat> captioned under one of Samuels posts, get a sweater. The reported 2 a.m. robbery left Samuels shaken up and made him think of his uncle who was killed during a robbery. Um, and then Samuel said losing his possessions isn't worth it. Isn't the worst of the ordeal. Wondering if he'd be killed however it was. I'm not crying over jewelry. That's material. Being face down and not knowing if you're about to get shot in the back of the head is the most traumatic thing I've ever had to deal with. Thank God I'm still alive. They want me broken, but all they did was make a beast out of me. Um, so T.I. T. Well, T. You didn't seem like too much of a beast when you was crying, yeah, be- bitch boy, <laughs> bitch. The, maybe T.I. was the guy robbing him. A <laughs> <laughs> cold world, you know, like. It is. It's a cold world. That's that's basically the extent of what T.I. said, I guess. What it's a, a cold world. T.I. Is. is the bitch here. Get a sweater. So, yeah, there you go. You're not allowed to even cry when you've got a gun to bet to the back of your head, uh, according to T.I. According to T.I. Man up. You got to man up. You man gotta, up. You got to be strong. Um, Chris Miller moved to England. Well, I keep forgetting, but we'll try to Skype him in one of these weeks to talk to him. Uh, he he went to England, uh, which, and he probably will be there for a while. Um, and then the last thing that that she brought up, uh, <laughs> the rivers of gold in Puerto Rico, and the guy who invented Windex. Absolutely. Um, you know, I maybe he did. We don't know. Maybe he invented <laughs> Windex. How long has Windex been around? I feel like it's been around my entire life. There wasn't a new a time when Windex was new. Windex has been getting better. Not new. Yeah. Has it really? Yeah, what kind of Windex is now? Do they have like apple scented Windex and all that shit? Uh, different huh. ones for different surfaces. Oh, I got, yeah, I've got those, I get those multi surface wipes mm-hmm. sometimes. Oh, the I Windex guess I don't wipes. clean enough shit. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. clean more, man. You got to clean, you know what? But use Fabuloso products because this guy was fucked over because someone stole his Windex recipe. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, the, the other email we got was from, we just got this one while we were recording the previous episode. Um, Okay, well, I guess we'll uh, the the signature on the email is Brooklyn Shoe Babe. Okay. On Twitter at Kiki Shoes, K I K I Shoes. Okay. Dominic's a shoe guy. Maybe they know each other. Yeah. Title of the email: Still a fucking freeloader. Still. Mm. All right. Sell dear, some shoes. Dear Three mm. Go, I love your show. I look forward to it every Thursday. Maybe I am secretly trash under all my layers of goodness because Dominic's stories of when he was in the military had me laughing my ass off. Trash. I know I'm supposed to be. Quote sisters before misters, but I want trash. want to hear more about his trash days. Oh, we will. Uh, thanks, guys. One day I'm going to sign up for your Patreon, but the way my bank account is set up, dot dot <laughs> yeah, dot. Of course. So look, you know, get your money straight, Brooklyn, Brooklyn shoe babe. Um, and we'll be here for you. The, the episodes are still up. You know, we we're not going to take them down. Uh, Dominic 
told us it was the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. We just got to mm-hmm. ask the right questions. Trash. We got to ask the right. It, it, it's kind of like get it, I'll get it out of it. Like so how long was Rico Suave trash for? Is this like a recent thing where? We, he yeah. S- when did he not become trash? Is the question. We got to ask him. In his mind, when this trash stopped, probably around the time the kid came. Yeah, that's true. Or he got that has or he a got way of shaping you up. Yeah. He got custody of the kid when he was like three. Yeah, but this happens with Elton a lot. We'll just randomly stumble into a story because we'll just ask a question and he'll yeah. be like, "Oh yeah, I'll pull my dick out from a girl." Like what? Oh, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait so a minute. With Dominic, what stuck my dick into a into a snake cage? What? <laughs> with Dominic, with the military life, you brought up. Oh, I bet you bought a car. Yeah. And he tells us about his car, and I was like, I bet the car had a name, and we were off and running. Yeah. But we didn't know that. We had no idea that about right, that right, aspect of Dominic's right. life. Yeah. So we have to just occasionally you ask I the right question. I beat it up on a changing station. <laughs> the changing station at Golden Corral. <laughs> Between me, Dominic, and Elton, I think we're like the wax museum of like yeah. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We haven't d- dug Frankie's into- Frankie's also got some crazy stories. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. We haven't dug into um, Dominic that much yet. I think we've. I think we've gotten most of Elton's stories out, but- he does randomly just say shit like, oh, yeah, I put my dick out. Like, he doesn't even understand that that's a story. Like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, that was the last time he had a story like that. It was a few months ago, but it was. Speaking of dicks out, did you all hear about Gallery Place the other day? There was a guy that just went on the train naked. And he fought a guy, right? Yeah, he fought a fucking construction worker, and then he got back you on can't this other me train. Naked. I'll take my belt off. He was crazy, though. He was, no, it's I mean, like that Chappelle was... joke about yeah. how you can't fight a naked man. It's like he has three fists. <laughs> and if you saw the tape, I mean, bro, his dong blurred out was like half the fucking height of the, of the uh, lens. Was he a and big dude? And that's why that or... Trump P tape's never coming out. Was he a big dude or was he a little guy? He was tall. Yeah, he was young, twenty four. But then he tried to get back on another caboose, and the dude that was telling the story was like, nah, there was some, you know, senior citizens, some elderly women on there. We weren't having that, you know. So how did he, another how dude did he, stopped him from getting back on. Where did he get naked at? Was he already in the station? Yeah, he ran. So this is what happened. Somebody ran up and told the metro station operator, hey, there's a naked man down there running around. And he didn't believe him oh, man. at first, and he wouldn't do nothing. And then up, that, up this fucking escalator comes this naked dude you know she was on no Jesus. And, and that's what somebody said too i think one of the guys they talked to is like it was so weird that he didn't even have shoes on but he was on something oh either that or just very mentally ill yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean I, i've had people that like walk the psych ward that wouldn't wear shoes and we'd say hey why don't you know put some shoes on and they'd look at us and go jesus didn't wear shoes i know There's good point shit, you know? i just saw a quiet place they never wore shoes <laughs> <laughs> right, here's a Local news report on. Still on the scene at DuPont Circle. Now, this was just a short time ago. Oh, uh, a naked right man there. assaulted passengers on a DC Metro train. Fox 5's Bob Arnard is live at the scene with sure? all the breaking details. Bob, good morning. Hey, good morning, Allison and Steve. Yes, I've seen the cell phone hey. video. Uh, it's rather dramatic. We're, we're working on trying to make it uh, TV suitable, if you will, because uh, <laughs> you got a really it big is thing. literally a man naked on the Metro. <laughs> you see behind me here, Metro Transit Police uh, working with D.C. Fire and EMS uh, to get this guy uh, an evaluation. Uh, basically, uh, and you'll hear from a witness in a moment, uh, this was a man who got on a gallery place, was eventually taken off the train here at DuPont Circle, and, he wrote and the train in the video, which we'll have green for you, uh, soon this morning, uh, you see this man on a metro train assaulting a man wearing a Clark Construction safety vest. He's also just walking around the platform. So he's on the platform, on a train, off a train, and uh, alarming a lot of 
and I understand. Do we have the VO? We can actually now show you we some go. of the VO. The the video. We don't. Okay. Oh, no. uh, oh shit. They, they get it. No. They get okay. It. So we do have oh, what that. we saw here live on our air about uh, 20 minutes ago was the man uh, being taken uh, by DC Fire and EMS uh, with the Metro Transit Police escort to a nearby show hospital it. for evaluation. But this was a guy between 5:30 roughly and 6 o'clock this morning was uh, on and off oh, trains along the show. red line between Gallery mm -hmm. Place and Dupont yeah, Circle. Hard night the night before. Uh, Crazy people don't sleep in. You know, obviously they get up in early. distress. And at one point he assaulted a. a Looked like a construction worker for Clark Construction, unprovoked. Here now is Philip Banks, who was a witness to all Banks, this and shot Uncle some Phil. of the, what we'll eventually see this morning on his cell phone. Yeah, I was um, waiting at Gallery Place subway station, waiting on the train, and a naked guy comes walking by. <laughs> we get on the train, he gets on the same train. The I only way on. to say it. He's standing there, people are moving away. Then the next stop, he gets off, gets on the train behind us. I go to the back window. Start recording. He walks up to a guy and assaults him, starts punching him in the face. Then he jumps on the guy again. When the train stops, the guy jumps off. The naked guy grabs his bag and everything, steps off the train. Then he attempts to get back on the train. Give me your on, pants. But uh, me and another guy wouldn't allow him to get back on the train because there were a bunch of, you know, elderly women on the train, so we, we weren't having that. So. <laughs> And now we do have this video. Again, we've had to, to, to uh, blur out uh, the, the man's privates because he was literally on the metro naked. He's a big and dude. and mm -hmm. at times he seemed to be in his own world, not bothering anybody. And then on one of the trains, no one's moving, he literally unprovoked assaulted uh, this construction worker who was basically trying to tell him, hey, stay away from me. And uh, the naked man started throwing punches. He eventually was apprehended. And you saw the video earlier. He's uh, been uh, put on a gurney and taken to the hospital but this is what it was like uh -huh. he was literally on and off trains this morning we've heard other witnesses <laughs> this guy has nothing to say anymore uh, just uh, time describing now. to metro transit police what it was to like, reiterate saw, uh, and, and literally a naked a, man literally on a train for quite a few people and no one ran it's true morning. i think Between when you're in that situation some most people have a tendency to just think like okay like if a german shepherd runs up on me like do nothing Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They teach you that like thing a bee, about dogs. Like bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, run, don't swing don't at run. it. Yeah, don't, don't bat yeah. at it. Because they have the instinct to chase if you start running. His dick's out, man. Don't don't get the swinging. <laughs> yeah. Stinger's out. Yeah. Oh, they got like a mugshot for this guy now, the naked guy. Is he naked in the mugshot? He's not naked in the mugshot. <laughs> um, a man stripped naked and assaulted two people on board a Metro train early Thursday. The naked and disorderly man attacked two people in the DuPont Metro station about 6 a.m., Police have identified this suspect as 24-year-old Dion Tyrell Toy, T-O-Y-E, of District Heights, Maryland. He is facing charges of robbery, force, and violence, threats in a menacing manner, and threats to do bodily harm. What about the nudity, the public nudity part? Um, oh, okay. Mr. Transit Police used a stun gun on the man and took him into custody. He admitted he was under the influence of illegal narcotics. Are you? Mm -hmm. yeah. What? Yeah, you know, I just took a little bath salts, you know. Remember Dippers. bath salts? Yeah, make you eat, make you eat a face. Apparently make you eat a face. Um, yeah, and then if you Google naked man on Metro. <laughs> oh, probably 8,000 pictures pop up immediately. There's another story of uh, from like a couple days ago. Oh, he's a hack? Hack. <laughs> this story is from two days ago from WTOP in D.C. <laughs> Metro response to naked man on train, bus jacking, delayed sex assault. What? <laughs> naked man on a train and a knife-wielding man's attempt to steal a bus made for interesting 12 hours. Oh, okay, it's both stories combined. Oh, okay. 
Uh, Thought someone was hacking him. Yeah. Hack. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, you're going to do the naked thing? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that thing. Been done, man. <laughs> someone else tried to to bus jack a Metro bus like the day before. B- bad week for Metro. So there you go. The two victims of the naked man had minor injuries to their pride as well. Yeah, I mean... I. I know in New York I saw some crazy shit. I never saw a dick. I know there's that's kind of like a cliche New York subway story. Uh, women got a lot of dick stories. Women guys get a lot of dicks out. Yeah, guys don't have a lot of dick stories. I've yeah. seen a guy pull his dick out right on Wisconsin Ave one night driving home right in front of the church. He's just walking around. Almost guy, doing? and he's just going to take a piss, I think. And he oh, thought okay. it was dark so no one could see him, so he's just right out there. And I okay, just see this big fucking black snake come out and just <laughs> fucking, and I'm like, whoa, I'm like, all right, yeah, do you. Yeah. Well, and then you didn't step in because there were no elderly women around. That's no. right. Yeah, you know, if there were some so, elderly so women, so he around, could he could have that. Yeah, there were elderly women around who you know we we try no, to we ain't having it. You can't have it with this. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, respect your elders, you know. That's right. So, well, you know, one day, one day you'll be able to stop a naked homeless man. Fucking guardian angel, Petey Steele. <laughs> But those are our emails. Um, Thank you. If you want to email us, threeguyson at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at us, we're at threeguyson on Twitter. And we will sometimes reply and often retweet or like or both. Uh, we got some tweets. Listen to Dominic's story about Charlene at the Golden Corral. Mm-hmm. Baby Change Station, LOL. Hashtag trash. Um, yo, the Charlene shit got me hollering. And on and on and on. So there you go. Thank you so much. This episode has me dying. It's time. Oh, he was listening to that episode. It's time. This is episode back. So, anyway, what else is going on in the world? Thank you so much. I really want to talk about Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Odell Beckham. Yeah, Ray Lewis. What What did Odell Beckham do so wrong? What, what is, what's Odell's Nothing. problem? Did, well, he removed God from his life, Andy. But, I mean, like, what? What's, it's a heathen. What has he done recently? I mean, I know there was that video that maybe had him in it of a girl doing that coke. That may or may not be Yeah, him. that's the one that him. Lewis was supposedly referring to, but I'm having a hard time believing it's not because he's got his hair dyed blonde and maybe he's considered maybe gay. suspect. Yeah, maybe gay. Yeah. You know. Here's the thing about people like Ray Lewis. I'm done calling them coons or anything. I'm just going with minstrels. He's just a minstrel. Him... Those two fucking black bitches that are Trump Trump supporters. Diamond and Silk. Broads. Just fucking Mitchells. Jason Whitlock. I noticed Whitlock and him have the same garb. Yeah. That stupid hat and that (laughs) tie and shirt. They're just fucking minstrels. They're fucking minstrels. Ray Lewis says Odell Beckham Jr. removed God from his life. Hall of Fame linebacker Ray Lewis offered a head-scratching assessment of Odell Beckham Jr.'s situation. As doubt hovers around the wide receiver's future with the New York Giants, again, what's the situation? I don't. Has he done some shit that I'm not no. aware of? No, I don't. There's no talk of him being released, and you'd have heard it by now. Speaking on Fox Sports One, Dez just got cut. Yeah, well, he's done anyway. Speaking on Fox Sports One's The Herd with Colin Coward, he'll get signed again. Oh, where? Um, he's just not going to get 16. Million. Redskins might pick him up. <laughs> uh, Ray Lewis said, "Where's where? There's no God. There's chaos." Lewis added, Beckham, quote, has removed God from his life. Is his life in chaos? I mean, I know he's like partying and having a good time, but wouldn't you? 
Like you're in your mid twenties, you got all the money in the world. No. Ray did before no, he I murdered mean, I someone. Might, I might be party to a murder, but right. no. yeah, well, you know, allegedly. I never got in my life at that time. <laughs> Lewis went on to say that he and Beckham talked back and forth earlier in his career, but that the three-time Pro Bowler started to distance himself a little more, a little more, and a little more. It's because he figured out you're a fuck boy. Because of that, Lou, yeah, why, so, why is he gonna call you and just get yelled at? <laughs> he figured out. He figured out you're a fuck boy. Hey Ray, what's going on? Well, here's your problem. Uh, I'm just gonna hang up. Uh, because of that, Lewis contends Beckham his commitment. Beckham's commitment level has waned. It's not the first time the former linebacker has been critical of Beckham. Lewis was among many who called out Beckham after the infamous boat trip ahead of the Giants' 2017 NFC Wild Card round Whoa. defeat. Pull your pants up. To the Green Bay Packers. It took a boat trip during their off day. Get off my lawn. Pull your like, pants up. In like Miami or some shit. Yeah. Um, both the Monday morning quarterbacks, Robert Klemko and the football girls, Melissa Jacobs, thought Lewis's recent comments crossed a line, though. And it shows their tweets. And then Beckham is coming off 2017 season in which he fractured, oh, a fractured ankle, limited him to four games. He finished with 25 receptions for 302 yards and three touchdowns. He's entering the final year of his rookie contract. And NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported in March that Beckham was considering holding out until he received a new deal, but he reported to team facilities Monday as the Giants started their offseason workout program Monday, according to ESPN's uh, Jordan Rannon. So he's showing up for, like, voluntary shit. Yeah. Beckham has, I don't know if that's voluntary, but Beckham had been linked to a potential trade with the Los Angeles Rams, but Rappaport reported the combination of the Giants asking price and the cost of an extension was too high and on and on. Yeah. Minstrel. He's still on his rookie deal. Like, mm-hmm. he hasn't even had his second contract yet. Well, this Minstrel's got to say something, so. And what's he doing? What's, so, what's he doing wrong? Not pulling his pants up. He, But his pants are fitted. Oh, um. <laughs> Is it the hair? Uh, is it the suspect, the gays? Uh, not, uh, the, you know what it is? Is it? Is it he knocks down the field gold net when he drops exactly. a pass and people don't want that fiery he, player? He might be gay. I mean, I mean, you could not, you could either dance yeah. or you could knock down a field goal. What are you going to do? You can't do both. Can't he throws both. tantrums on the sidelines. He, he gets you a little emotional. You can't do both. You can dance as you come when the game is started. You can dance and be emotional. Yeah. You can say emotional, emotionally laden speeches to people but you can't well ray lewis was an emotional player exactly was he who ray yeah no but he wasn't maybe that kind of emotional player but he was but he knew that he knew to keep between the lines right right you know you know once i step off this field everything goes to god i just go to church and then just go to god and this guy he might be gay so (laughs) because he doesn't have god in his life yeah well that's kind of the answer a lot of religious people give for every problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, you must have rejected God, right? I mean, yeah. There's no other explanation. That's why Colin Kaepernick got rejected by the Seahawks. You remind me of myself when I was out in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Seahawks were already to get free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick a chance to audition for a job or pull the plug at the last minute because Kaepernick wouldn't promise to start protesting police brutality Wait a minute. and racial discrimination. I thought it wasn't about the kneeling. The Seahawks had contacted Kaepernick about two weeks ago to arrange a visit to team headquarters, but after tentative arrangements were made and travel planned, the trip was unexpectedly scuttled over the Seahawks' last-minute stipulation regarding Kaepernick's anthem stance. Uh, we're going to have to scuttle the trip. The source said the Seahawks wanted to know that Kaepernick wouldn't kneel this season, and he was unwilling to give that assurance to them. Now, they talked to him last year, too. That was the team I thought was going to sign him because they have an offense that kind of 
uh, is mm-hmm. built around that skill set. And they by have the way, a, they've signed they've signed another player, another quarterback right. who's never played a down in the NFL. Yeah, and they had a quarterback who you know gets hit a lot, so mm-hmm. you figure you want to back up who can step in. And then they decided not to sign him last year for, I don't know, I forget what their reasons were. It was, it was like football, quote-unquote, reasons. Sure. And then this year they just, I mean, they haven't really said it, but all the circumstances point to it's the kneeling. Well, Eric you know? Reed didn't get signed, got brought into, Eric Reed's done. He's not getting signed. He, he got, got brought into Cincinnati. Brought into Cincinnati, and they didn't They didn't sign because they said, are you just going to kneel? There? He said everything was going great, and then the owner comes in. I uh, need to know if you're uh, <laughs> going to kneel. You're going to kneel? And he said he wasn't going to kneel. No. Right? He said, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he said before that he publicly He had before kneel. that, but yeah. when the owner asked him, yeah, like, I don't know. See, the next Situational, step, man. The next step is going to be that that's going to be in your contract. Because he could have said yes, or I'm not going to kneel. Yes, I'm not going to kneel. And then let's say he changes his mind week four and starts kneeling. Mm-hmm. Then the team's like, we feel betrayed by you. And so that's going to become part of the contract where it's like you have to agree to not be a distraction and not kneel. And if you do, we can suspend you or terminate right. your contract right. or whatever. Take away your guaranteed money and leave it at that. Or don't give you guaranteed money and it's all contingent on you not, not kneeling. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. But in the meantime, you'll take a guy in who, like the 49ers, just took this guy who beat shit out of his girl yet again. Foster, is that his name? Ruben Foster. Uh, Bengals, a whole rogues gallery of felons. Perfect. (laughs) A whole rogues gallery of felons. (laughs) Yeah. Drunk driving, all kinds of shit. Um, Johnny Manziel has turned over a new leaf, and everybody's going to let him back in now. Yeah, he'll be back in the league. And it wasn't just... Robert Griffin just got signed. Yeah, well, Griffin at least bomb. Like, Johnny Manziel wasn't just an alcoholic. Like, he, he hit his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, it wasn't just, like, I had a problem and I went to rehab. Like, he's got a charge. Like, he's got legal issues. Mm-hmm. Griffin is at least Mr. Model Citizen guy. Yeah. You know, like, he's... Uh, and he's a seemingly fairly conservative guy in that sense. He's very oh, religious. Yeah. Uh, he's going to say all the right things. Although, apparently, when he was on the Redskins, privately, he pouted. Yeah. And was a locker room problem. Although you can't believe anything leaked from the Redskins because they'll just throw people under the bus. But Kaepernick was never seen as that guy. Locker room problem, cancer to the team, pouting when he didn't play, uh, going to the owner to get around his coach, you know, something like that. That never happened with Kaepernick. And also, he doesn't have any felonies or anything close to that. Ruben Foster beat up his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Ruptured her eardrum. Something like that. Right now, he's still on the team. I mean, that, that might change as they get closer to the season. Uh, here's an article called Why Reuben Foster Hasn't Been Released Yet. And it's just all about the legal back and forth. So anyway, yeah, they basically said to Kaepernick, because uh, he was, I, forget, I guess he said he's, probably, he's suing the NFL, right? For Oh, yeah. For, uh, for collusion. He's not going to be able to prove it. I think he had said something in those proceedings about how he still would kneel, and then the Seahawks caught wind of it or something like that, and they were like, uh, trip canceled. Yeah. Sorry, Colin. We don't have anything against him personally. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's a good, kid. Uh, uh, good athlete. He's a great, great guy, and we just want to go in a different direction. We got this kid off the street who no one's ever heard of who uh, we really feel like fits our system because he's not going to kneel. Let's talk about this this video 
this Starbucks video. I didn't want to watch it. I'm tired of watching stuff like this. But apparently two black real estate agents were politely waiting for a friend before ordering a Starbucks in Philadelphia swanky Rittenhouse Square. Anybody know that area? Uh, not familiar with it. No. I do know that uh, it's very common for people to go sit in a Starbucks Mm -hmm. and not order anything. I've done it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've done it multiple times. Or you'll get around to ordering. You'll settle yourself in, and then you'll maybe go get a cup of coffee. I'm waiting for a friend to order when he gets here. Yeah, that happens at all restaurants. But Starbucks, Mm -hmm. people will just take their laptop in and start working. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll go get like a muffin after they've been there a while, Mm -hmm. but... You don't, you don't get in line first all the time. You go get your table because it's busy. I put my notebook down, save a fucking seat before yeah. I go in line so I can go right. These guys were waiting for their friend, which yeah. is, happens all the time. I've worked at restaurants a bunch. Like you, People come in, sit down. You're like, can I help you? You're like, oh, we're waiting on somebody. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll be back by. Yeah. And then or they don't- Kind of wave at me when, you, when he's here. Yeah, they don't have waiters at Starbucks, but the barista can say, you guys need anything? I wait for a friend. Okay, cool. You, know, you guys want to have a discussion about race? Wave at me when you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be a paying customer first. The barista called the cops on them for having not ordered anything. The friends showed up as they were being handcuffed. A white customer saw it all unfolding at the police and Starbucks in earful. And someone pulled out their cell phone. Yeah. Which I think another customer pulled out their cell phone. So the video picks up at the point the cops are already there. And the guys got handcuffed. Like it wasn't like I don't know what the what led up to that. Led, I don't know if they said you got to leave, and they said we're not leaving. I don't well, know. What that's what they're that. going to say. That's yeah. going to be the thing that's going to be said. Of uh, well, you didn't see what led up to that. We asked them to leave. They refused to move, so we had to put them in handcuffs. Right. But the the process in the video of them being let out, they're not resisting. They're not pushing back. They're not yelling. And they weren't charged with anything, and they were released later. Right. So, so was, if they did something, why were they released later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's just like a trespassing situation. Like they 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 told the cops these people won't leave or they won't order or I don't know. I mean, I know if you have a homeless guy sitting in Starbucks, the barista might call the cops, right? Because they don't want a smelly homeless guy, right? Right. But and which means they've probably done that before. They've called right. the cops, but these are just these guys look to be dressed in like sweaters, yeah, just hanging out. You know, so they clearly weren't homeless, and people sit down in there all the time without ordering, right? That's kind of the thing, you know? Let's mm-hmm. go sit in Starbucks. So, I don't know. They haven't gotten to the point of, like, they didn't, didn't there's no quotes from the barista, right? No. They said that the, the Starbucks says that we're looking into it. We're going to give somebody more training. You know, they're all retraining. <laughs> Administrative leave. <laughs> Got to train somebody to not be an asshole. Basically. Yeah, and they probably got those shitty like training videos. Like, so you want to be not racist, <laughs> <laughs> and then like the they have like the the tolerant barista talking them through how not to be racist. But you know that's happened. You know there was a story locally about three four months ago about kids being kicked out of a mall. Yep, at Potomac Mills. Yep, which has made me really. Um, there was a story in Chicago like two weeks ago. Same deal. Be uh, look. This is just this is all Jim Crow. Which has made me be very uh, uh, not wanting to work with a local comedy booker in the area who I haven't worked with for a long time, who has policies that are Jim Crow-ish. Right. They're just they're Jim Crow. Don't wear this. Don't wear that. Can't wear this. That's Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. That's everything is geared towards. Don't let black people in this establishment. That's what that is. I know what my audience likes. Yeah, well, that's what that is. What's strange about that one, 
this particular one is like I wear all that same shit he's talking about all the stage. You need to but stop. White. <laughs> a lot of people have worn all that because you're not black, and I've worn that. But I'm acceptable. Yeah, it really makes me mad. And he's not a confrontational person, <laughs> right? He's just hoping that you, someone reads the rules and just and, uh, just and go, abides oh, by yeah, it. Right. It really makes me mad. It makes me mad that comedians work with him. It makes me mad that black comedians work with him. The more I've thought about it, I should have been very vocal early about not fucking with him, knowing what kind of person he was. You know, yeah, I feel a little bit of shame about that, but I don't fuck with him, and I don't fuck with people who fuck with him. Tell you the plain truth, I'm like, really? That's okay. Because that's how ingrained it, that Jim Crow is into into America. You just accept it. When you see the thing, uh, we don't accept this person, this person, this person, everything just happens to be black. Come on, man. Like the sign on the bar. Right. Uh, no do-rags, no hoodies, no... Mm-hmm. Black. Sagging pants. We don't want black people. It's Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. No tennis shoes. That's how you end up with this, where you call the police and the police come and they do what police were designed to do, which is to control black people. That's what the police were. They were... Invented to round up slaves, runaway slaves. So here we are. This is still used in that manner. This bitch, whoever called them, she could have got them killed. Right. Yeah. She could have got them killed. This very easily, they could be dead. Mm-hmm. Very easily. We've talked about that about sicking the cops on people. Yeah. Like it could go bad. Yeah. You know? Like Stefan Clark. Right. Did uh, we wait in Starbucks for somebody at that concert? We met up at Panera. We met at Panera. Yeah. Panera. Same deal. We just met up. By the way, Friday is Black Star with uh, Dead Press. I'm Friday going. Coming? Did you get tickets? <laughs> Girl of mine got him who's in the industry. She okay. texted me right as we were recording the fucking uh, Patreon. Does she have one. any uh, additional uh, tickets? No, she just said them too. I know there's, they have, uh, they have general know. admissions tickets. Still. Uh, there's seats and then there's a lot of general. General admission, the front of the stage is general admission, but you right. have to get there early. And, but I know there, as of... A couple weeks ago, there were a bunch left, and they're like forty-five bucks for mm-hmm. general. The seated were. seats, which are more like in the top, in the tiers around you know the 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 horseshoe of the seating, those right. are, I think are mostly taken or right, all taken. Right. Those are more expensive, um, but I'm sure they're on StubHub. But I haven't checked in a while. Mm. I'm sure there's some. It's a six thousand seat place. It's I mean, them in dead press. Yeah, it's Friday. And guests. Mm. Yeah. I don't know who. And the rest. And the rest. This is the article from. Chicago Sun-Times from April 6th. This woman who wrote the article, Water Tower Place to Black Teens Kicked Out of Mall. It was wrong. Very sorry. The article, I'm looking for six male black teenagers who were at Water Tower Place on March 3rd around 7.30 p.m. Though they didn't do anything wrong, it's that they're owed an apology. Dr. Carla Hightower noticed the group of young black men at Water Tower Place for all the right reasons. They stood out because they looked so good, Hightower said. Uh, there were a large number of them, and they were so stylish, calm, and mature. By the time Chicago physician made her way down the escalator, a very apologetic-looking female security guard was escorting the teens out of the building. I said to her, what did the boys do wrong? I don't even know if they did anything wrong, Hightower says the guard told her. At that point, Hightower could have just walked away and forgotten it. After all, she didn't even know the young men, but something told her this was a case of racial profiling, plain and simple. So she sought out a manager and she was stunned when he told her the teens were thrown out of the mall because they were, quote, loitering and not engaged in the shopping experience. Mm-hmm. Well, you know and what the shopping experience is? Loitering. Yeah. That's how you shop. Yeah, you, you just loiter. stay around a lot, especially in the mall. You loiter. That's how you shop. They have benches. You shop by loitering. They have places to sit yeah. and not do anything. <laughs> yeah, They're you all- shop by loitering. Yeah. 
Um, I had never heard of such a rule, says Hightower. Those, these boys were surrounded by persons not making purchases, but here's how he was telling them uh, they had to leave now and don't come back. Hightower says she insisted on a further explanation and then was told the young men were, quote, chasing girls. Again, implied that's, is white. By the that's way, that's what you do at malls. You yeah. chase girls. If you're young, that's yeah, and there's a mall nearby. That's why you're at a mall. That's the spot you go hang out. And the girls are there to be chased. Yeah, exactly. Mostly. Mm-hmm. And she was chasing these boys. She's yeah. like, who are those stylish dudes? She yeah. came down the escalator. Look at these little young. Look at these little young handsome boys. The reason why they were styling up is because they were trying to catch. Right. Out there trying to catch. Yeah. That's what you do. Yep. He had spent all this time telling me about loitering, and then he tried to make up an excuse, she says. Hightower left and emailed the General Growth Properties, the S&P 500 real estate company that owns the popular mall. Clearly, the Water Tower Place management unfairly discriminates against black teenage boys based on their race, she wrote. Kevin Barry, who is Executive Vice President of Human Resources and Communications for General Growth Partners, agreed to arrange a meeting with Hightower and the heads of security and asset management. I was very grateful for that immediate response and that he said that he was going to take this seriously. Their conversation is the subject of episode nine of the Zebra Sisters podcast. Never heard of that one. Zebra Sisters. Uh, Barry said he told Hightower he hoped race had nothing to do with what happened. Did you hope that? Do you hope that? I wasn't there. I just hope it wasn't, he says, on the podcast. He was on the podcast. Okay. But the fact that they were expelled from the property and told to get out and never come back was not only unprofessional, but it's completely wrong. Not only that, but the way they, that we did it and the way we interacted with Dr. Hightower was not right. It is not unusual for black consumers to complain about being followed by security guards when shopping at high-end stores. But unless you're the target of discrimination, most of us are silent. Anyway, it goes on. And um, she was kind of looking for these these six dudes, if they're out there, if the message reaches them, because she yeah, wants to talk to them, to them yeah. about their experience and you know maybe have them on her podcast. So happened at Baton Mills Mall recently. Happened at that yeah. restaurant in D.C. recently. Same it's thing, happened to Baton me Mills in the past. Was the same thing. Loitering. Yeah, Baton loitering. Mills, it was like you're standing around in a mall, a gigantic mall. You're just standing yeah, around. Yeah, just happened to us in the mall. We'd be standing around. Yeah, or just walking, and some little piece of shit security guard would roll up on us, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody who would never even think to speak to us if we were outside of that mall. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, that's another thing is I have power over these people, so I'm going to I'm going to use it. You give mm-hmm. people power, they abuse it. I'm going to use my power. Yeah, you know, and there's nothing you can do because then they just call the cops, and you might end up dead. Yep. Think about how I feel when I'm in a mall. Do I? Do you think I'm comfortable? I'm not comfortable. <laughs> not, I look like I'm, I'm shopping. I'm never comfortable when I'm out. I'm never comfortable. <laughs> There's never a time that I barbershop. I'm comfortable in there. Mm-hmm. But when I'm out somewhere, I'm not comfortable. Anywhere but the Anywhere. barbershop? No. Barbershop. Wow. I'm comfortable in church sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually some part of me is always up. There's guards always up. Until mm-hmm. I get home, the guards are always up. Always. That's why. At any moment, somebody can come up to me and just say, I need to leave. For what? Yeah. And, then I can't, and then I can't say anything because if I say something, they call the cops. If right. the cops come, I might end up dead. So I can't say anything. It's apartheid. We live in an apartheid system. We live in an apartheid system and everybody just accepts it. So the uh, the loitering thing, I mean, I know they reserve the right, blah, 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 to kick people out because it's private property. But what... What is, what is looking like you're engaging in the shopping experience? What is that supposed to look like? Whiteness. I mean, like, 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 how do you demonstrate to a security guard, like, 
do you have to just constantly be trying shit on, like just in and out of fitting rooms the whole time you're there? Or and oh, if you do that too long without a purchase, they'll say yeah, you're gonna, you're stealing stuff and shit down your pants. Shit. Yeah, like I don't even know what they expect. Like obviously we know what what their motive is, but I don't even know what they expect that to look like. Mm-hmm. Engaging in the shopping experience. Do you just always need to be looking at coupons, like just rummaging through? I think coupons? what they mean they want white people that look like they have fucking money to Here's be something. tossing right. it out. Here's all something the time. that just popped up from Philly.com. Here's something. Is it about Starbucks? Yep. Update. Starbucks issues apology. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Ross said officers did absolutely nothing wrong, though. Uh-huh. Right. Well, you know that they that's private private property. They reserve the right to make you leave. A video of two African-American men being removed from Philadelphia Starbucks is drawn in national outrage, national outrage, an apology from the coffee store, an apology from the store chain, and a statement from Philadelphia Police Commissioner saying that the officers did absolutely nothing wrong. As department says, conducting an internal investigation. If the department is conducting an internal investigation, how do you know they did absolutely nothing wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We've already uh, concluded the investigation. We're going to go ahead and continue it. Just We already know what's going to happen. Six Philadelphia police officers taking the two men into custody. Why did six show up? Because they, you know. Is that normal? (laughs) Well, the strength of black people. (laughs) I guess so. Starbucks, we apologize to the individuals and our customers that are disappointed this led to an arrest. Starbucks and the recent, we take these matters seriously and clearly have more work to do when it comes to how we handle incidents in our stores. We're reviewing our policies and we continue to engage with the community and the police department trying to these types of situations. These officers did absolutely nothing wrong and they did a service they were called to do. That's the... Uh, Police also, officer. They refer to it as an incident in the store. No incident happened. Ross said Starbucks staff called 911. Police arrived around 4.40 p.m., according to Ross. The Ross is the police captain. Two males were trespassing and refused to leave. The men hadn't ordered food and had asked to use the restroom. Starbucks policy does not allow non-paying people in public to come and use the restroom. Oh, the police then asked the men to leave since Starbucks wanted them out. Ross said the men were told they were trespassing were asked to leave politely three times. Said the man said that we don't care. Yes. Charmy's daughter. Huh? Okay. Charmy's daughter. All right, go ahead. You know that night when we met to see the roots at Panera, we I walked up and got the bathroom code. Right. Without ordering anything. <laughs> like that literally is the same scenario. He said the men answered that we don't care. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Why would police why would black men tell police officers that? We don't care. Which Ross called the same type of attitude Starbucks staff had described. Ross said police on the scene in an effort to quell the situation called for a supervisor to keep things getting out of hand. He praised that decision. Ross said the men were then taken out essentially with honesty, with no harm done to them. He said police processed the pair for the arrest, but later discovered Starbucks were no longer interested in prosecuting and let them go. In short, these officers had legal standing to make this arrest. They were called to the scene because these people were trespassing. Others, officers followed policy and acted professionally and got the opposite back. The officers acted professionally, yeah. and the black people acted in an unprofessional manner. Look, even if you've ordered food, they can ask you to leave and say you're trespassing. Like, As an African-American male, I'm very aware of implicit bias. Ross said the department is committing a fair and unbalanced policing, but he said people who think logically should recognize that when a business calls and says there's something here I do not want, officers have the right to act. Right. They can, they can call the cops. They reserve the right. Mm-hmm. So what about the barista? That, uh, was there no wrongdoing there? 
A second video, apparently taken minutes earlier leading up to the arrest, showed a group of police officers speaking to the men and removing chairs and tables from around the table where they are seated. The men sit calmly as the officers move closer. Then a third man, Andrew Yale, who is white, enters the frame and questions why the police are standing over the men. One officer says they are trespassing and as they've been asked to leave. Why would they be asked to leave, Yale asked, and if the men were waiting for him. I wanted to get coffee for two black guys sitting and meeting with me, tells the officers. Does anybody else think this is ridiculous? He asked other patients in the shop. A woman agreed. It's absolutely discrimination. He says he and the men can go elsewhere to meet. Officers, it's too late for that because the two sitting men had previously declined to leave. The video ends as the officer arrests the men and leaves them out of the shop. Yeah, I saw that part of the video. Put the handcuffs on them. Right this way, sir. <laughs> Jesus. But that goes down to, again, I mean, you can sick the cops on... The charge where uh, authorities are saying a charge of defiant trespass, oh. which is another made-up thing that yeah. they use to uh, <coughs> roust up black people. They were released because of lack of evidence. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I thought they had the uh, the barista. Her word wasn't good enough, I guess. Based on my discussions with the witness, the Starbucks manager, who was the person who called 9-1, also based on interviews with live witnesses, she believed the reason for the address was completely based on race. There was no indication any crime was being committed. The video makes that clear. So we know what happened. Well, here's the thing. Whether we know what's happened or not. Oh, and the reason why they were sitting quietly at the table as the police were standing over them, just sitting quietly and not saying anything, uh, that's uh, fear of getting shot to death. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, man, I'm never I'm never relaxed when I'm out. There's never a time that I'm relaxed when I'm out. No, there's, I'm never relaxed. I'm never relaxed. I'm never comfortable when I'm out. Doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm never comfortable because again, any moment it could be me. Right. <clears throat> What's it like to be white? And not have to have that all hanging over me, fellas. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's. It's fucking pleasant, man. <laughs> I have to tell you. Um, yeah, I don't. Those things don't cross my mind. Yeah, I take it for granted too. Yeah, I mean, there are very few moments where I feel like uh, this could go bad, or there should be some kind of apprehension about this situation. You know. Mm-hmm. Chips. Oh yeah, that's Trevor's daughter. She's making like, chip bag noises. Nacho cheese. Yeah, I'm Ooh. never. I'm never. It's never time. There are times. There are times when I'm aware if there are black people somewhere that something could happen to them. I'm sort of just kind of in a general peripheral way aware. You know, if there's a little bit of tension in the air, you know, you're at a bar or something, and mm-hmm. people have been drinking, you can kind of feel tension. Mm-hmm. I I notice it, but I don't feel like I feel removed from it. You know, to maybe to a fault, mm-hmm. to be honest, but I feel removed from shit getting real. A lot, uh, like I'm on the sidelines watching a movie or something. Yeah, you know, in those situations, it doesn't feel like it's. I it, it doesn't. It's not personal. You know. Yeah. I'm an observer essentially. Yeah. Um, but there are moments where I can sort of tune into that frequency, but I'm again, I'm just a, I'm just listening to it. Well, this is yeah. why Kaepernick um, kneels. This right. is why he kneels down. This is why Eric Reed kneels down. This is this is why. So this. When the other players took that $100 million from the NFL, what good does that do? Right. What what, what does that do? Well, the NFL is now committed to, that doesn't stop this. 
And it's all, it's not even the NFL. They're not committed to any of this shit. Nope. The NFL is committed Mm-mm. to money, continuing to make money from real America, lunch pale blue collar white guy mm-hmm. who says got to play the right way and act the right way and respect the flag. They want that guy's dollar. And that guy, there's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of those dollars out there. Mm-hmm. That's what they're interested in. All this other community outreach stuff. They've been doing community outreach stuff for years. Like, you know, they've been doing United Way and Play 60 and all these things. NFL has done that for a long time. So for them to say, well, we're going to, here's our new thing. We're going to give money to charitable causes. You've already been doing that. Yeah. It's, you know, you could have cho- chosen, chosen different charities over the years, but that's not really what they're about. They're mm-hmm. about placating the Hank Williams Jr. loving base essentially right and And that base fears us right and that fear is stoked and that's why you end up with a kid who goes up to a door and uh, people shoot at him right and I directly blame that on the NRA I blame that on white politicians I blame that on all of just whiteness it's just it's just white fear it's just a general overarching Mm -hmm. (laughs) white fear right white fear man I can't even if I'm in an airport, I can't ask somebody for directions because they might get scared and shoot me. Right. And they're going to get away with it. Yeah. You know, although this guy got arrested, but if that kid had ended up dead at the shop, the story could be told any way that that guy wants to tell Where it. was mm-hmm. that story? Uh, I want to say it was in Michigan. It was in Michigan? I'm going to look up the article on that. I mean, that's happened before. Like that guy. Oh, who- sure. It happened to a young lady who was in a car crash and yeah. she. She was in a car crash and she went up to a door in those days and the guy shot her. And they were like, we don't know why she went up to the door. I was like, because she was in shock and, looking for help. And the people in the house were scared. They were like, right. they were calling 911 like, there's some person out there yeah. trying to get in our house. Right. You know, and even if they weren't scared, it's kind of that thing cops do. Like, oh, I was I was scared though. You yeah. Know? Like you can justify it if you. Yeah. Because it, this story can be told any kind of way because the person is dead. Right. Right. And America will believe whatever the story is. Yeah, Rochester Hills, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's the article, Washington Post. A teen missed the bus to school. When he knocked on a door for directions, a man shot at him. 14 years old. 14-year-old was walking to high school after sleeping late and missed the bus, missing the well, bus. Well, you know, he's black, so he looks big. Yeah. I, I slept late a few times. I missed some buses. <laughs> Uh, missed the bus when he decided to ask a neighbor for directions. It was a banal request, but it nearly got the student from Rochester Hills, Michigan, killed Thursday. The woman who opened the door after Brennan Walker, who is black. Did we didn't say that the woman was white? Did they did they forget to put that in there? Uh, knocked on it, started yelling at him. She started yelling at him. Then the woman's husband grabbed a shotgun and fired it at him, Walker and police officials said. Walker told WJBK-TV that she was like, why are you trying to break into my house? I was trying to explain to her that I was trying to get directions to Rochester High, and she kept yelling at me. Then this guy came downstairs and grabbed the gun. I saw it and started to run, and that's when I heard the gunshot. After sprinting away from the house, Brennan, who was not hit, hid and broke down in tears, the outlet reported. I'm kind of happy that like I didn't become a statistic, Brennan told the outlet, saying his mother had told him that black boys were at risk of being shot by others. Um, Jeffrey Ziegler, a retired firefighter who is white, was charged with assault with intent to murder and a felony firearm charge, local news outlets reported. And his bond was set at $50,000. I'm sure someone is setting up a GoFundMe for that guy. Mm. He faces as much as as life in prison, according to video of his arraignment. 
There's a lot more of the story than what's being told, and I believe that will come out in court, Ziegler told at the arrangement. arraignment. I was in bed yesterday morning when my wife started screaming and crying. The judge interrupted Ziegler to prevent her from finishing. The man's wife appeared to have called 911 around 8.20 a.m., saying that her that's husband... The, that's the uh, Emmett Till story that his wife was getting ready to tell, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his, my hysterical wife was crying. I had to protect her. Saying that she said she called 911 said her husband had chased a black male who had tried to break in. Uh, it is just absurd that this happened. Um, Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard told the TV station... Oakland County is in Michigan. I feel terrible for the young man. I feel terrible for the mom and the anxiety that they had to go through. We are going to ask for every charge permissible for this guy who stepped up and fired a shotgun because someone knocked on his door. Brennan's mother, Lisa Wright, told the outlet that she had heard that the man missed only because he forgot to take the gun's safety off. She said police showed her surveillance video of the episode taken from a camera installed at the home where the incident happened. One of the things stands out that probably angers me the most is while I was watching the tape, you can hear the wife say, why did these people choose my house? Wright said, who are these people? And that set me off. I didn't want to believe it when I, when it appeared to look like when I heard her say that it was like, but it is. Why would you not want to believe it? Um, and on and on and on. So that's, you know, here's an interesting quote from Elijah Anderson from a book called the white space. When the anonymous black person enters the white space, others there immediately try to make sense of him or her to figure out who that is or to gain a sense of the nature of the person's business and whether they need to be concerned. Yeah, that's true for most white people. I agree. You ain't from around here, that whole Mm -hmm. thing. I've been through that too many times to count. Well, in the whole, this is kind of that, that, he was trying to break in thing, you know, it's kind of like the, he was reaching for his waistband. Cause they'll say that about someone mm-hmm. who doesn't, doesn't have, as he, after they shoot him, it turns out he had nothing in his waist, right? a gun or nothing else. So why would he be reaching for his waistband? Like why they never try to answer that question? Like, well, was he actually reaching for his waistband? Cause it makes no sense. Cause there's nothing there. This kid knocks on a door to rob a house. He doesn't have any equipment. Right. right. He doesn't have a weapon. He doesn't have anything to pick a lock. He's just knocking on a door. And, it's it's justifiable for them to say he's trying to rob our house. In their minds, it's justifiable. Mm-hmm. He's trying to rob our house. They could have just not answered the door. You know, like it's just don't come. If they have a, some kind of security camera. Yeah. I mean, my security, my fucking ring doorbell, you can talk to someone through the speaker on through the doorbell. The door. yeah. Well, that's that orgasmic fantasy of people that own guns, though. Right. Well, it's it's the finally the spring into action. Yeah. Put that directly on the NRA who teaches that black people are are evil and to be feared, particularly black men and um Yeah, that you know that constant state of fear, these people they they convince themselves they're in the constant state of fear. Mm-hmm. And so they have that that same mentality of like I gotta protect myself. If some people are coming to get me, they're coming to get me. Their walls are closing in. And a lot of the NRA literature and a lot of their slogans, their fucking Dana Loesch videos just bolster that point of view that the walls are closing in. They're coming to get you. Whoever they are in your mind mm-hmm. are coming to get you. And you got to protect yourself. Hey, buy some guns. And it ain't stopping. It's not going to stop. It's not stopping. I, people's, um, I posted a thing the other day about that Harry Belafonte was like, I don't know what the answers are. Mm-hmm. Um, other than black people just erupting into violence. It's like, I don't know, I don't know what the answers are anymore. And I posted, and I'm like, I don't have the years of Harry Belafonte, but I, I am coming to the same conclusion. I don't see things changing. So then somebody down puts on a thing that, well, we have to use our art 
to reach out to people and to make a difference. I said, do you believe that that do you believe that that's going to happen? People have been trying that for decades. I'm like, has no one not tried that? Some somehow. Art. What are they talking about? Like, oh, black art's gonna comedy, change. Comedy, music, whatever. Oh, come on. Somehow, it's, that's people, all the white people appreciate. <laughs> yeah, that's this respectability. This respectability politics. This is a black person saying this, and it's that thing of. It's also artists are pretty high minded about art. Yeah, if they this are. person was an artist, a lot of people do. A lot of artists. Oh, he's a wannabe artist. Do feel like they can change <laughs> yeah. the world, and they sort of need to feel that way to put up with all the bullshit of being an artist. So sometimes they over. They overblow. Extend themselves. Well, it's that thing of it, it, somehow if we if we talk nicely and if we just explain and walk white people through racism patiently, that somehow they'll get it. They're just gonna shape and up and they'll stop being this way. Right. If if and it's up to us to guide them through it, and we have to do it in a nice manner. How come it hasn't worked yet? Not nice enough. 2018. You haven't been nice enough. How come it hasn't worked you yet? You thought you were nice enough. So that's the thing Turns of, well, the, the, well, if you just wait and then think, well, justice, a justice delayed is a justice denied. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to wait? Why yeah. do I have to be nice to you? Well, the honky to has to care. That's the thing. Well, that's the thing, yeah. They, they don't give a shit. They have the option, the privilege of not giving a fuck. Well, the biggest thing is that if you, the only way that shame works on somebody is if they feel shame. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you don't feel shame, then this, this shaming somebody into, into doing right doesn't do anything. You don't feel any shame. No, so they just push back with, you can't tell me what to do. Exactly. And yeah. we see that. We see examples of that time after time after time. Look at this, the Apu thing. Harry Kondabalu, Hari, excuse me. I haven't seen that movie. Have you seen I it? haven't watched the movie. No, I haven't it watched the movie. It's, it's, I look at it like this. It's really not. It's for me, but it's not for me because I know the story. I know what it is. He you made know? a movie called The Problem with, with Apu. Apu because he spent basically his whole life people calling him Apu from the because Simpsons. that's the only representation that that is really out there of uh, Indian people. That and the um, the phone, the phone, yeah, the customer call support guy. guy. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's nothing really there. So he's been great tiger from Punch Out. There you go. Yeah, and it pisses <laughs> yeah. him off that and these we, people I keep calling guy's this ass. and calling him this and calling him this. So he he made a movie about it, put the movie out, and immediate pushback from white people. So he went and talked to Dana Gould, who's a writer, on comedian, the who was a writer, who rose up to be the head writer, and Dana Gould said to him point blank, "Well, listen, uh, accents are funny to white people. Yeah, you know that that's why we did it." Um, to which I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted at Dana Gould. I said because Hank Azaria, they didn't even have that character. Didn't have a name. They just said generic clerk, clerk, clerk. And Hank Azaria did an Indian accent, and everybody in the room laughed. And in fact, I believe they said not Indian in the original reading, which is right. where that's the com- that's a comedian thing of like you told me not to do it, so I'm gonna do it, right. which gets mm-hmm. a big laugh because it breaks the tension. Right, but right. then they went with it. I could, I can see that moment happening right. organically, and then them saying, "Well, that was funny though," because Hank Azaria right. does a million other voices on The Simpsons. Right, he's capable of doing any number of funny voices, and mm-hmm. they could have just said, "Okay, ha ha ha, now let's figure out this clerk right. character," but they went with this Indian accent, and right, which is like, which is fine, okay, but you know when you say the question I would ask and I posted a question to Dana Gould on Twitter is that when you were in that room and he did that voice were there any people of color sitting in that room with you? Right. And then uh, 
uh, David Allen Greer was like, said, uh, no. <laughs> no. There weren't. There right. was no people of color in that room. It was all white guys from Yale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harvard. <laughs> Harvard and Yale. Is that who is it? Harvard? Harvard is the pipeline. It was all white guys from Harvard. Mm-hmm. That's who was in that room, and that's who made this decision. And we say, well, wait, it's funny to white guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which leads me to believe, as far as allies, we tell you how we feel, ally. Mm-hmm. We tell you what, what, what this makes us feel. You immediately tell me that I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Or you tell me that I'm I'm wrong, and then you go find the other brown person to bolster your what argument. You say. Well, I don't care because I can go find a hundred who who feel exactly the way I feel. Right. So you mm. want to run an arms race of, and what's the number? That's a good question because I've debated that within myself. You know where I say, all right, is this Hari and you know Kamal Bell? Those were the two guys I saw in this instance that were taking it to task and uh, maybe like a few other people i didn't know but i wonder because simpsons has been going on what 30 years now Just about yeah it's coming and this is the first i hear about like this being a thing and i'm happy to say you don't right. know any no i know indian people i used to work with a shit ton here's the thing do they talk about things that upset them to you of that white people are doing do they talk about that sometimes sometimes not not about you know? to what they do to indians but actually other people of color okay i can see that yeah because you know? well the reason why they talk about what other people of color do to you because they feel they are trying to ingratiate themselves to whiteness to you because you're white so this mm-hmm. is what well i'm guessing it's what black people do to indians you don't like them too, right? <laughs> Something along those lines, or what this person does to Indians, what other people of color. So I'm going to now. Wait, I'm guess, confused. Okay, On that so back, I'm sorry. they're telling you okay. what other people of color do to them. Okay. Right? Why would they tell you that? No, they're telling you what, white. What, what. They're telling you what. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, they say that they didn't like how other people of color were being discriminated against by white in people. Cer- by white people. Okay. In well, certain right. instances, okay. like we had a situation where they were going to work for George Allen, you know, mm-hmm. and then he came out with those macaca comments and everything. Yeah. And I was like, "Yo, fuck that! I'm not working for that guy." They were like, "Yeah." A couple of them were like, "Yeah, we're with you." Some of them were like, eh, "It's business," and they went ahead yeah, and did it no. anyway. But I was like, I ain't going with that. Um, you know, but never was there any real talk about a poo. But, I, hey, I'm happy to hear it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm just – I uh, wonder what, what is the count. Is there a count? Because there, there doesn't make a difference. I don't know. Well, then the, I think the problem is – because Harry Kondabali was a fan of The Simpsons. Right. And the, the issue really – the reason it's, it came back up this week is because The Simpsons finally responded. He made this movie like it came out like last year. Mm-hmm. And they put out a, a little, they didn't put out, it was part of an episode where Marge is reading some book to Lisa. And the book is very like politically incorrect. And she keeps having to change the wording mm-hmm. as she mm-hmm. reads it. And then um, Marge says something like, well, what are you supposed to do? And then Lisa turns to the camera, breaks the fourth wall. And there's a picture of a poo on her, like, uh, like bedside uh-huh. nightstand. So now you know that she's talking about a poo. And she says, "Well, you know, sometimes things that were okay and accepted uh, decades ago aren't good anymore because of political correctness. What are you gonna do?" And she says, "Don't have a cow, right?" Or, or no, that's no. what the picture says. Sign the, a poo. Sign don't have a cow from okay. a poo. Then Marge says something like, "That's something that will be addressed at a later date, if at all." 
which is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're saying, we'll talk about this on a different episode. We're still working on this. Yeah. They didn't even have to include that scene. Right. Uh, but the fact that they included it made people mm-hmm. think this is their response, the political, uh, political correctness run amok kind of response. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And Lisa Simpson, of all the characters on that yeah, show. Yeah, because she's the more conscientious one. Mm-hmm. She's the one that would absolutely agree with that movie. Yeah. You know, and so. The one that took Malibu Stacy to task for right, being right. an airhead. Right. right. So then one of the writers, maybe the head writer, the showrunner, not writer, showrunner for The Simpsons tweeted that they are still working on what would be a good solution to this problem. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, but that's the, but that's what white men do. Right. Even especially liberal white men. That's what they do. Well, I didn't mean it like that, and I just meant it this way, so you just have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Do I? Why? Because you say? Mm-hmm. Why do you get to say? Because you white and you got the power. That's the that's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't like that this guy is is pushing back against the thing that you love, mm-hmm. which well, then, he also said he loved. Right. Yeah. He doesn't like people calling him up who all have his goddamn life, which I'm sure has happened. And to I him. think there was an issue with the yeah. white guy voicing him. But then the question, I don't know. I haven't watched the movie. I don't know if he like sort of offers if Harry offers his own suggestions as to like does well, he want the character gone or does he want a maybe an Indian guy voicing him. Some combination of things. I don't know. I don't know what would placate uh, Hari Kondabalu, but you know that that response was kind of a, a very it was a neutered response the mm-hmm. Simpsons gave. It was just a well shrug, correctness yeah. shrug. Yeah. So it's like the, which is which is as a person of color, it's bullshit because what you're saying is you don't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck off. I'm gonna. I what I think matters more. Right. That's what you're saying. You're just you're just too much of a bitch to actually say that. Well, you're saying also we had good intentions 30 years ago, and sometimes uh, things the world changes around you, but we didn't mean it. Yeah, you know. Right. So it's that it's that it's, it's that initial response of well, I'm not racist though. I mean, I just yeah. you know, I just, mm-hmm. I just I want to put that out there first before we yeah. do anything else. So just to let you know, I have Indian friends. And yeah, <laughs> they don't have any problem at all with Apu. In fact, that's their favorite character on the right. show. Right. And on and on and on. Here's here's my friend, uh, you know, here's my friend Sanjeet Whitlock to tell you all about it. Uh, all about how he, he agrees with me on this, and you know, he's a he's a prominent figure in the. Uh, I will say, I would be curious to see how most Indian Americans and Indians, by and large, I'm assuming feel. he interviewed plenty of people in the movie. He's not a dumb dumb. No, I don't so, just look at him like that. I'm assuming that he. Interviewed, I saw to watch the film. Check he it out. Interviewed. Uh, Quite I think, a few people. I think this weekend, uh, I mean, this podcast is recorded on Saturday. I think they were going to air that movie on, like, whatever channel, Spike TV, or whatever channel it's on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Opposite The Simpsons oh, this week. <laughs> a little publicity. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Oh, you want to know what this movie's all about? Don't watch The Simpsons this week. Watch this movie instead. People and, are like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I don't want to be I don't want to be made to feel the, bad. Then the stupid shit will come up. Well, what about... What about this character? The gardener. What about that character? What did they start yeah. that? They always start that dumb shit. And then it comes What about to, the Scottish guy? Right. And then it comes <laughs> to, well, we make fun of everybody. Well, no, you don't, actually. Yeah. That's not what you do. That's not what you do. Because interestingly, they've never made fun of Bleeding Gums, the black saxophonist, the black blind saxophonist. Yeah, that's true. They've never. They've never made jokes at him based strictly on culture and stuff like that. Well, who's the other black dude? Lonnie, is it? Or Ronnie? He's or... one of the news guys. Sure. Sure. He's one of the, the workers the, from the plant. Yeah. The uh, One of the deputies. 
Chief Wiggum's deputy is. Oh really? He's black. I haven't watched it in a long time. That might be a new addition. Is that like a Blue Lives Matter sop? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that's what it is. I haven't watched that show in in a long, long time. Mm. I don't even know if they're doing anymore. Oh, Lenny, show. Carl and Lenny. Hey, Lenny. Yeah, 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 Lenny. Lenny. Yeah. Yeah, he's black, so there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they never clowned him in any way, and mm-hmm. and I've never had anything. But it doesn't matter how I feel. It matters how what this group of people feel about mm-hmm. it, you know and also the uh i make fun of everyone it's bullshit you know you even if someone did that i mean other than <laughs> don rickles mm-hmm. and he's dead but even if someone says that i make fun of everyone that does, does that mean you should be cool with it like yeah. well i don't want to be made fun. you go ahead and make fun of everyone but me how about that and like let's start there to say i make fun of everyone and you should be okay with it who cares what how you feel about everyone else being made fun of. Mm-hmm. You're talking about yourself here. So right. even that is sort of uh, it's sort of like a half-hearted attempt to explain it. Like, right. well, I'm an equal opportunity. Well, no one was mad that you were unequal. Yeah. They were mad that you offended them personally. You right. know, like, the, oh, oh, you're equal? Oh, forget it. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. I didn't realize you were an equal opportunity offender. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a, well, you bad. laughed along with all the other stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just I took offense to this. Mm-hmm. So you can do what you want, and that happens in comedy where people do take offense, and we feel like they shouldn't, mm-hmm. yeah. and they laugh along All with shit time. that we feel like is more harsh. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, my personal assessment as the creator of this act is that you, you're not gonna make me change that. Yeah, and the Simpsons have every right to feel that way. Yeah, it's just a matter of now you're gonna lose some audience. Yeah, right, maybe. Right, right. Now it's up to if them. You want to mock people? That's fine. Because that's what you're doing is you're mocking this this cat, and you're also mocking people. That's the that's the new mock now is to call people a social justice warrior, or right. as somebody as, as another rather tall comedian likes to call people the wokes. You know, because you want to mock people <laughs> because they're they're aware of something that you are not you're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So you want to mock them. That's fine. But when you get called out on it, don't say like, "Well, that's not what I meant to do." Because it is what you meant. To yeah, do. <laughs> it is what you meant to do. You meant you wanted to mock people. Okay, mm-hmm. well, good for you. Suffer the consequences of that. Now, mm-hmm. as Andy said, you might so you lose fans. You lose Simpson fans. But that's the line. If you're going to be the offensive guy, that's the line you walk. Right. The that's Apu what being character, an artist is about. The Apu character is one of the most conscientious people on the show. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's not a dumb guy. He's a smart mm-hmm. guy, and he's often the voice of reason. So the character himself is not problematic, and him working at a quickie mart, I don't know if that's, I mean, that's a stereotype, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the, I, again, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know what the main grievance is. Uh, he's not necessarily just, he's not like Great Tiger where he's walking around with a turban and being so stereotypically Indian that it's like ridiculous. So maybe it's just the voice or the guy doing the voice or a combination of a bunch of things. But so The Simpsons made him 90% there. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a, a smaller percentage that guys like Hart Kondabala are like, I don't like that aspect of it. Right. Well, we didn't mean it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Still don't like it. Okay, now I like it. Oh, you didn't mean it? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, you where like that's that? the difference between what stand up. But then Dan is shooting himself in the foot just yeah. every just every unforced error you could possibly do. Well, you know, accents are funny to white guys. That was a very honest moment, though. Yeah? Yeah. That's true. Okay. You know, that's a very honest thing to say, and you want an honest answer. Yeah. And now you, now you, and and now you get to get an honest reaction. Right. (laughs) Okay. Right. (laughs) Really? That's pretty fucking stupid, you know. Right. 
Yeah, now you get to get an honest reaction. You don't know any people of color, do you? <laughs> well, yeah, you know. And the honest reaction to your statement might be somebody being pissed off at you. Right. That's how it goes. So what are you going to do? Where are we at? Hour 15. Wow, these people got a full load. Full load, you fucking freeloaders. Listen, we're bringing it home, freeloaders. Yeah. We got a full load today. We want to thank PD Steel for sitting in with us. My pleasure as always. Um, what do you got? You got something coming? Uh, Rachel Feinstein. DC Draft House Feature Act, me, April 27th, April 28th, two shows each night, 7 and 9 o'clock. There you go. Same weekend. I'm April 26th, 27th, 28th. I'm at Magoobies in Timonium, Maryland, with uh, opening for Mark Normand of uh, Inside Amy Schumer in his own hour special on Comedy Central. So come to those shows, uh, April 26th, 27th, and 28th, magoobies.com. April 26th, I'm at the Amp in Strathmore in Bethesda. With uh, opening for Leanne Lord. Look that up, but that's not Amp Strathmore, uh, April 26th. I am there. You guys come on through. Oh, that's. You have an opportunity to see all of us at some point. Busy weekend there. Come see all of us. Yeah, that's right. Opportunity to see all of us. Thanks so much for listening in, people. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and hope you come on back on Monday. We'll be here for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. Peace, dude. Hey, we're three guys on. We are out. Mm-hmm.